Okay, first thing is, can you hear me? Yes. Can you see me? <laughs> I am here. Uh, first of all, welcome to everybody. I'm really delighted to see such a packed room tonight for our special guest speaker. As part of our project on the Barber Parapet, I'll introduce very shortly. I'm Pern Sen. I run the project called Above the Parapet, where we are looking at the stories, the pathways, the journeys of women who've reached seniority in public life. And we're doing that because I think most of us know that the presentation of women, the representation of women in politics, in academia, in other parts of public life is really rather poor, whichever part of the world you choose to look at. And we're doing this research so we can find out how women have actually made it through those labyrinthine or rather troubled pathways to seniority so we can learn from them and think about how the journeys of women who follow can be made more possible, more manageable, and more successful. The project is very generously funded by the uh, Annual Fund at the LSC and the Alison Weatherfield Foundation, <coughs> who are, are, deserve particular mention tonight because their funding is helping us to bring fellows, perhaps we should call them sisters, to the project at the LSC to spend some time with us, to reflect on their journeys, and to give us time to push them a little bit and get their stories so we can learn from them. Some of you may know that we had a former president of Malawi, Joyce Banda, with us in October last year. And I'm delighted that we now have a former president, Rosa Otunbayeva <coughs> of Kyrgyzstan, with us at the moment. And just so I can flag with you, we have uh, Ruth Simmons coming shortly, who was the first black woman to head an Ivy League university. We have Sylvia Tamale coming from Uganda, academic lawyer, very, very important woman in lots of academic and legal debates. And in June, we will be joined also by former Prime Minister of Australia, Julia Gillard, on the project. So we'll, we're going to have an incredibly rich database, resource base of women's accounts and testimonies. Uh, we've already got, correct me if I'm wrong, Daria, about 80 interviews completed or planned over this year. It's a very rich resource base, and some of you, if you're free, might want to join us next week when we're looking at what is emerging from the research, and we'll be consulting on what would be useful for you to know, and who you think we should take our findings to as we, as we wrap up the project later this year. So please feel free to stay in touch. Um, I don't know if you've got brochures around, there are some project brochures available tonight. And if you want more information, please take a look at our website, which you can access via the Institute of Public Affairs slot on the LSE website. So I will leave you there. If you want to talk to us more about the project, we'll be available at the end of the session. But really, it's absolutely a great delight for me to be able to introduce Her Excellency Rosa Ottenbayeva, who joined us today and with whom I had the great pleasure of having an initial conversation this afternoon. I'm really, really looking forward to what more she's going to tell us tonight. What an incredible journey. I said she were talking to women in politics, we're talking to women in diplomacy, academia and civil society, and really, Her Excellency has a foot in at least three of those camps. So let me quickly run through some of what she's done. She actually started off in academic life herself as a professor of philosophy, she then uh, became uh, Minister, of, uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Soviet Union and uh, then moved to Moscow to become the chairwoman of the National Commission for UNESCO. 
She uh, then became Deputy Prime Minister back in the Kyrgyz Republic after the fall of the Soviet Union. I hope I'm getting the sequence right. Um, and she has a very long list of achievements, which I, with her permission, have agreed not to read all to you, all of it to you. But I do want to say, she was three times uh, foreign minister. She's opened two new embassies for her country, one here in the UK, one in the US, which has been an important diplomat too. And in more recent years, she um, became head of the transitional government in Kyrgyzstan and the first woman president of the Kyrgyz Republic. She also presided over uh, a referendum which was held there and the drawing up of a new constitution. She really is, as the magazine called her, a fearless woman. And she really is, I think, um, a real, really inspiring figure in terms of presiding over a massive political and social transition in her country. And here's the important thing that not many leaders want to do. She stepped away from power peacefully and democratically. Please, Your Excellency, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. And it's a privilege and honor for me to be at LAC tonight. And uh, I understand this is the public lecture. Not only uh, LAC students are here. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I appreciate so much. I uh, pay my tribute to this school, uh, one of the leading schools in the world, and you are lucky that you are here. Uh, Kyrgyzstan, uh, I want just to remind you uh, to say a few words about my country. Kyrgyzstan is a Central Asian country, as you know. Uh, 5.7 million population. 2,000 uh, square kilometers uh, um, uh, in between uh, uh, China. We have 1,000 kilometer border with China, 1,000 almost with Kazakhstan, with Uzbekistan, and Tajikistan. So uh, we used to uh, hear and say that, uh, look, we are landlocked country, and it's uh, difficult to uh, build uh, business there, but... Uh, uh, behind us today, uh, with this 1,000-kilometer border, there is an ocean, China, with 1,300,000,000 people and uh, very rapidly uh, developing uh, Xinjiang-Uyghur region. Uh, we are trying to build today a new Silk Road uh, for, through all of those Central Asian countries. And uh, uh, my country is a multi-ethnic uh, populated country. About 80, uh, 80 groups uh, live uh, in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, what else? Uh, it's a uh, harsh uh, um, climate, uh, hot in the summer, cold in the winter. But very good winters. We love our winters because uh, you can come and ski in, in our countries. So, and uh, growing industry of uh, uh, ski uh, sport, uh, and I do believe that uh, uh, for sure will be a, a great attraction in uh, the decades uh, to come. My country passed uh, through quite a difficult political journey. I just came from Dubai where we had a, 
Madrid Club's session. I'm the member of Club de Madrid, which uh, uh, contains, uh, which has uh, um, 90, about 90 leaders from all of the world democratically elected, the former presidents and former prime ministers from 56 countries. Uh, we have discussed uh, the matter of MENA region, the future and perspective of MENA region. And uh, uh, you know that uh, the latest development in the world is worrying, a lot of uncertainties. You are a younger generation than us, and uh, uh, we are worried a bit what kind of world we leave to your hands, because... Uh, uh, all these uh, facts of uh, growing terrorism and uh, religious fundamentalism, it worries us. Uh, um, uh, in uh, Dubai, uh, we've, uh, uh, among us, been uh, uh, the former president of Nigeria, Mr. Abbasanio, and uh, all of us were asking what is this Boko Haram is about, and so what's going on, how to persecute such a facts. Uh, in my country, uh, in 2010, we passed uh, such events uh, uh, which people call color revolution, but I don't care about this color revolution. I do believe that was our indigenous revolution when we put aside uh, corruptionists and thefts. Uh, uh, after the collapse of USSR, as you know, major, huge processes uh, have gone in our countries. First, it was uh, privatization, what belonged to all the public. Uh, in 20 years, in quarter of century, started to belong to 10, 15, of the best 20% of uh, population. Uh, others became uh, so poor that uh, a lot of migrants, my country has a lot of migrants in Russia, in Kazakhstan, and because of the sanctions in Russia, today uh, a lot of them, they are coming back uh, home. Joblessness is a big problem for our countries. Um, we have uh, in, uh, um, in, in uh, Kyrgyzstan uh, the problem of uh, building uh, a new environment, uh, uh, business environment. Uh, um, Kyrgyzstan is getting to be a member of uh, uh, customs union, uh, and uh, people, uh, our friends in the West, they say, "Why? Why you are going to the customs union? Where we should go? What is uh, other uh, options? What are other choices?" Uh, be, uh, in front of us, Russia. Behind is China. Nearby is Afghanistan, and so on. We are going to the union where 15,000 per capita is like Russia, 12,000 is Kazakhstan, and so we do believe that this is a more prosperous economical perspective for our country. So I should speak today about my journey, not about the geopolitics and of politics as such, and if you would ask, then of course I'm supposed to respond to your questions. But uh, topic today, and I was invited uh, to LAC uh, to speak uh, how to uh, how women might escalate in their career uh, up, and it is very difficult. Uh, I recall my grandmother who was married in 13 uh, years old and. Uh, 
she gave birth about uh, birth or about 13 children three of them only survived because of uh, um, a lot of illnesses been around and uh, um, when uh, her husband died uh, she was uh, given as uh, Wife, uh, she was taken as wife to the older brother. Levirat uh, uh, practice was uh, uh, spread around. Uh, women uh, in such a nomad society as it was Kyrgyzstan in the uh, 19th century, beginning of 20th century, was very hard life we uh, we passed through. Um, nevertheless, we've been uh, all the time. Open uh, had its uh, no uh, paranja, no uh, other such uh, Islamic, uh, uh, let's say, um, what clothing been uh, we, we wear. So and uh, uh, today, unfortunately, we are uh, a lot of uh, young women. They are going back and. Uh, because of the influence of uh, some uh, forces uh, uh, from outside. Uh, I, uh, when uh, Anpurna started to ask me for her research, and uh, uh, she was asking uh, what was the ground, what was the base, uh, how I became uh, the first uh, president uh, in Central Asia. Central Asia is uh, probably uh, only part uh, Left uh, in the whole uh, on the whole globe, uh, alongside with some Gulf countries, where we have uh, um, election and uh, the same presidents, uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, the situation where, uh, um, of course, we've been propelled by the Soviet system in the past. Uh, we had a quota and. Uh, I don't understand women in our part on our other parts that uh, you don't need quota. Look, uh, if uh, women are uh, like birth machines giving the birth for more than 10 children and so they are uh, uh, taking care of the whole household and uh, they are not given other opportunities and then uh, uh, you would go to politics and absolutely no uh, preferences and uh, struggle alongside with the men who would uh, uh, sit uh, and uh, never uh, cook, never do any household work just because he was born as men. So I think it's unjust. I think uh, quota is uh, absolutely normal. Temporary measure which we should use and as head of state and as now post of uh, such a senior politician of, uh, in my country, I do believe we need quota. And uh, in uh, post-Soviet life in Kyrgyzstan, we had a time in 2005 when all the men been elected to the uh, parliament. Be why? Because they had the money. Election in our countries are about money. If you have money, if, then uh, of course you can uh, literally buy those words. And uh, women, they are not business uh, people, they don't have so much money, and uh, this is, uh, of course, uh, uh, the reason why they are not in the parliament. Uh, after the Soviet days, uh, uh, we passed uh, quite a difficult time, rough time. 
women been uh, um, uh, they, they have got on their shoulder all the uh, difficulties of transition time and uh, microfinancing it's about us poverty is about us uh, all the problems of transition is about us women and uh, politics in the hands of men men been very busy with uh, um, uh, splitting uh, all these uh, public goods, uh, privatization, uh, all sorts of appropriation, that was about men in our countries. So uh, women didn't uh, take uh, such important position. Um, I grew up in the Soviet days. I must uh, confess you that uh, it was good time for Kyrgyz uh, and for Central Asian women. We uh, had a good education, we got good education. I uh, have graduated myself uh, from Moscow State University. Uh, I've done uh, there my uh, PhD also, and I came back to Kyrgyzstan. I was uh, head of uh, philosophy uh, department in Kyrgyz uh, State University. I uh, uh, worked there um, six years uh, as a teacher, as uh, we said, docent, uh, which is uh, less than professor. Um, and uh, then uh, um, I, <coughs> I started to be involved in public work uh, in, uh, within the Communist Party and then became deputy prime minister in charge of social affairs. And I was a foreign minister in Soviet days. Foreign minister in Soviet days, it, it's sort of nothing. I mean, we didn't uh, do anything. Uh, for 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 uh, republics, uh, I mean, it's not for the giant superpower which was the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union vis-à-vis -vis the United States, it was a big foreign policy, you can imagine. Uh, even with uh, the foreign minister whose name was known. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, in each uh, uh, country, uh, we didn't do anything uh, significant, uh, uh, mostly protocol, consular issues. Uh, so. Um, one day, uh, Mr. Shevardnadze uh, has invited us in Moscow, all the foreign ministers of the uh, Soviet uh, republics, and he asked us what you are doing and uh, what uh, we should do as uh, the f uh, foreign minister, minister of the Soviet Union. So, and so all of us, and I do remember well that Baltic countries came up uh, with harsh critique uh, uh, that, uh, look, it should be done completely different way. And uh, um, all of us have been very critical, so me too. And uh, in 89, uh, uh, Minister Shevardnadze has invited me to come to Moscow to work uh, for him. And I became uh, uh, chairwoman of the National Commission of UNESCO for the uh, Soviet Union. And I was, uh, of, um, I'm proud to say, I was a member of the board of foreign minister of the Soviet Union in the time of perestroika. It was crucial time, very important time. And when I became uh, president, uh, I, I figured out uh, how I was, uh, how I cooked my brain and uh, how of, uh, resilient I became to, to this time of 2010. So uh, we passed through this uh, time of... Uh, such a, a very uh, rough, uh, very um, difficult uh, changes uh, of perestroika and glasnost. Uh, the, the time was uh, exclusively important because uh, 
um, this board of 25 people, we were discussing the latest development, like withdrawal of uh, um, Soviet troops from Afghanistan, rejoining Central uh, Eastern Europe with the West Europe, um, how to deal uh, uh, with uh, uh, those Baltic countries, and so on and so on. And uh, uh, in 1992, as you remember, the uh, Soviet Union collapsed. Uh, um, I have decided to go back home, and uh, I was uh, invited uh, uh, to be a foreign minister. So three times I really was uh, uh, I, I headed uh, our foreign ministry. And my, I must tell you, my broken English uh, is because uh, I started to study my English when I was 40 years old. Uh, so it is uh, uh, after the, um, just before, during my uh, probably work in, uh, the, in UNESCO. So I was exposed to the world. I supposed to speak on behalf of the Soviet Union. I supposed to speak on the language which is known to everyone. So of, uh, before that, uh, of course, uh, we had uh, foreign languages in the Soviet uh, days also. And I studied my German and uh, in the Schule, später in the Universität. So, aber ich habe vergessen mein Deutsch today completely. So today. While I was working in UNESCO, I started to study my French because, again, when you are in France, you should speak French, uh, for sure. And uh, French, uh, um, uh, I, I, I recall, uh, uh, I have surviving French, in other words, that's that what I would say. So, anyway, uh, for, uh, uh, English was crucial for us, for a young country, for young diplomat. And I started to bring up diplomats who would really speak foreign languages, and we started to open our embassies. And in '92, when you remember that all of us republics been cut off from the from this Russia, and very difficult was to survive. We've been like a fish on the ground, and. Uh, where to get uh, food, where to get uh, uh, everything to survive. That was the main our uh, problems. Uh, uh, then I was sent as the first ambassador to the, uh, to the United States. I have opened this embassy and uh, traveling through the whole uh, country, uh, telling them that uh, this is the new country. And that was the time when they would look at me and they say, oh, Kyrgyz look like you, I understand, we understand. <laughs> All right, uh, Kyrgyzstan, a small country, uh, heading to democracy, uh, uh, will help as much as possible. Uh, I came back in 94 as foreign minister, and uh, so forth and back, and uh, at least... Uh, of, um, uh, uh, I, I worked three years as foreign minister. And again, uh, your question, uh, Purna, is uh, why me, who was uh, all the time sort of uh, uh, heading the foreign ministry in time when everywhere been uh, really men? And so men in this audience, look, you are ruling the country, you are ruling the world, you are everywhere. And of course, in our part of the world, it's uh, not obvious. Uh, Although 
of uh, women are the most literate in our part of the world. Uh, women, uh, of, uh, we analyzed uh, uh, just recently, because uh, we have celebrated 90 years of Kyrgyz uh, women's uh, movements, and so we do realize that today we have uh, all, uh, almost all teachers are women, um, 70% uh, in uh, uh, medical service are women, uh, a lot of women are in trade, in, uh, for, um, they are in, uh, for, in hospitality business, in finance, and so on and so on. Yes, but uh, they occupy uh, quite a, a low position. Uh, um, we do not have uh, big business uh, um, which will uh, be uh, occupied by women. Very low business, microfinancing, yes, it's about women. No women oligarchs in our country, in my country, for example. Uh, we should uh, turn uh, now to economical uh, advancement of women in our countries, uh, in my country especially. Uh, we, uh, NGO sector is completely occupied by women. If we have in Kyrgyzstan about uh, uh, 1,200 uh, NGOs, then 95% of them are occupied by women, which is uh, great. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, for the government. Um, I should come to the time of uh, revolution, because uh, this is uh, what you are asking me about. Uh, in 2010, we've been uh, uh, at the situation when uh, uh, corruption uh, was uh, on the seventh floor of our White House. We call White House our the main uh, government building. Seventh floor were president seats and prime minister. So the corruption came up to this floor, and uh, everyone knew about this. Uh, uh, family ruling. This is uh, this was, by the way, the second uh, of revolution. Uh, the first was 2005 when uh, President Akhayev ran away from Kyrgyzstan, his family was ruling the country, and, uh, you know, uh, young people sometimes ashamed that, uh, look, uh, Kyrgyzstan is known via revolutions. I say, don't be ashamed. Look, we are, uh, uh, we are uh, cleaning up the country. What we can do if the whole country was uh, corrupted, uh, starting from doctor, from militiaire, up to the prime minister, up to the president. How, what we should do? How we, we should live on? There is uh, nothing left for ordinary people. Everyone is just uh, uh, getting uh, uh, their stake. Uh, if you ask children what profession he wants to choose, children tell, oh, I want to be... Um, uh, customs uh, worker, or I want to be tax worker, or I want to be. Uh, for, I mean, uh, this is terrible. Uh, nobody says, uh, for, no, nobody wants to choose other uh, professions. So uh, for in 2005, uh, uh, I've been in opposition. Uh, we, uh, we had this, uh, the first hour revolution when. Uh, uh, President uh, Akhayev uh, left the country. He wants very much uh, come back. Uh, he feels very uncomfortable today, these days in Russia, probably. So. 
but uh, the nation doesn't want him uh, in Kyrgyzstan. He should uh, um, answer to many, many questions uh, in uh, back in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, in 2010, uh, when Bakiev came to the power, we thought that uh, it will be much better, democracy will come. No, this family, uh, family was even more greedy, and uh, they started uh, to privatize many things immediately. So in uh, April 2010, this is just uh, very soon, we'll commemorate uh, uh, for the uh, for fall, uh, uh, not the fall, for, uh, the... Um, from the White House, 87 people been uh, shot this, uh, that night uh, on 7 of April. I must tell you of uh, at least uh, this uh, crowd of people. You should know that situation in Kyrgyzstan in 2010. It was absolutely similar to the situation in uh, Ukraine. In Ukraine, uh, more than eight, uh, uh, 80 people died in Maidan, and uh, uh, in February, when they celebrated uh, or commemorated one year of Maidan, all of leaders from all of the Europe came to uh, Ukraine. Because we do not have problem, we do not write, we do not have uh, uh, journalists posted in Kyrgyzstan. There is uh, no information about us. Russian, they don't speak about our revolution. Nobody speaks about our revolution. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, nobody wants such a disturbance. Uh, everyone wants stability and keep going. And uh, in uh, uh, my country, it's happened so that uh, uh, Bakiev uh, ran away after when it's happened. The same night, uh, as leader of opposition, I came to the White House and I said uh, to... Uh, uh, the uh, Prime Minister of those days, Usyanov, uh, just write a letter to, uh, to us uh, that you are uh, going away. You should leave the office. So uh, he uh, uh, wrote me a letter after one hour, and uh, uh, the whole power of Bakiv collapsed that, that night, 7th of April. And uh, we're supposed to build up new power. Uh, the parliament ran away. They are like uh, uh, mouses from the uh, toppling uh, um, ship, the runway. Uh, for, um, the president uh, for, um, for left to the south, the part of Kyrgyzstan, where he's from. Uh, and so we, we didn't have anyone. Uh, blood was around us, everywhere. 87 people died, hundreds and hundreds wounded. So that was the situation on, uh, five years ago. And uh, that night um, we have decided that uh, we'll introduce a new constitution. Uh, uh, autocratism uh, should go away, it's enough. Uh, new, uh, uh, according to new constitution, parliamentary democracy should come uh, to, uh, to, to the country. And uh, in uh, um, uh, that was three, uh, three months we put uh, such a deadline. In uh, half a year uh, we said uh, uh, we'll uh, conduct parliamentary elections. And uh, in a year time uh, we'll uh, have a presidential elections. That was the timetable. And uh, the same night I was chosen as head of uh, uh, interim government. I, I bought this book about the interim governments, uh, what is the 
um, uh, practice throughout the world over the 20th century. I do hope that one day someone will write uh, experience of our interim government. We've done everything. We've done according to our table which uh, we planned. Uh, today, uh, look at the uh, MENA region and, uh, or Ukraine. Look, uh, if you are not fixing the problem, the same uh, momentum, then you would have, like uh, in Ukraine, uh, 5,000 dead, uh, 100,000 mobilized young people, and uh, billions and billions uh, loss of economy. So you should take a situation, fix the problem, and uh, take the country out of uh, crisis. And uh, thanks God, it's happened so in my country. Um, in, uh, uh, we started uh, to uh, work on constitution. In three months it was ready. Hundreds of people work on this constitution uh, within the constitutional uh, such a venue. And uh, of, uh, uh, deputy, uh, one of our, uh, the most experienced was in charge of that. Then night they worked, and uh, uh, this is completely new constitution. In the former Soviet Union, everywhere you would find only a presidential uh, such a uh, governance, and uh, we, 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 we passed, we have passed this. Nothing uh, positive come uh, out from that. And today, again, people say, oh, it doesn't work parliamentary democracy, we want to go back to presidential. Someone should rule, otherwise country doesn't work. Look, we, we, uh, 25 years we've been in this presidential. So it is not a, a sort of a, such a, uh, how to say, toy of this governance machine that, oh, I'm fed up with this and I want to have another governance. So, uh, today, uh, we are, uh, we have, uh, I keep to say that we should have a patience. All these uh, uh, countries in the West also, they have passed a very difficult time. Look at Germany going through uh, Nazism and so on. Uh, for, uh, of course, democracy is very, very, uh, such a um, difficult uh, governance uh, and uh, with uh, very sharp, uh, such a, um, yeah, so I mean, you should work very, very safely with that. And uh, nevertheless, this is the best so far mechanism and machine which we should concord on. So uh, I, uh, in three months, uh, constitution. And unfortunately, the 10th of June 2010, um, clashes between Kyrgyz and Uzbek took place in the south of the country. And uh, people died. And uh, it's uh, unforgettable, uh, very, very such a uh, difficult uh, um, time uh, in the history of my country. Uh, it is not uh, the first time it, it was repeated events. In 1990, we had the same events. Uh, uh, June 10, uh, this event, and 27 of June, we have, uh, we're supposed to have a, a referendum on constitution. Uh, it was a difficult uh, decision. Should we uh, go for the referendum or should we stop after such a tragedy? And a lot of uh, all sorts of advices I got, and so we had a 
session of our interim governments. And uh, I must tell you, nobody, nobody, uh, uh, even our strategic allies, they didn't recognize us. They said, uh, this is a sort of coup d'etat, and uh, uh, what kind of people came to the power? We don't know them. We are, uh, for, as uh, the post-Soviet Republic, we are member of uh, Shanghai Organization of Cooperation. We are member of uh, CIS. We are member of uh, a couple of other uh, local uh, regional organizations. Nobody of them let us come to those meetings because we are sort of uh, now uh, such bad guys. Uh, so, and nobody is in law of, um, uh, uh, not a chosen, uh, let's say. So, f although they are of chosen sort of uh, um, leaders. So, uh, with this regard. Uh, of, uh, I was interim uh, uh, head of interim government, but uh, uh, not uh, not allowed to be a member of those uh, organizations. So we've been in nowhere. And uh, referendum, when we had a 27 of June referendum, and constitution has passed, and all people they voted. We had a very good numbers. Uh, um, uh, of uh, people who came to vote. They vote for stability. Of course, they vote for stability. Uh, I was, uh, my name was in, the, in this text of constitution. You would find uh, my name that uh, I uh, um, uh, will have uh, her as uh, 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 president uh, in interim. So, and uh, as soon as the uh, referendum has passed, I was only a person, legitimate. The whole country was on my neck. And uh, until the uh, time when uh, parliament came in uh, another three months. So all these three months with technical government, uh, the country was legitimized via my uh, legitimization. So that was difficult time to build again all these branches of power. In three months, we had a, um, uh, parliamentary elections, open elections. You can imagine what are elections in our part of the world. So uh, today, unfortunately, uh, for the people who should uh, really recognize uh, those elections are just or open or transparent. They are sort of, uh, seems to me, um, uh, for them it is equal. Uh, they, uh, every time they say everything was fine in Turkmen case, in uh, Kazakh case, in Uzbek case, in, uh, in any case, you see. But uh, uh, in fact, this election been the most uh, open, the most transparent election. We didn't have any deal with uh, uh, the Electoral Commission. Uh, the uh, party which was uh, uh, allied to the previous government, they came first. Uh, five parties became uh, member uh, of the parliament, fraction, faction of the parliament. So, and so, uh, thanks God, today uh, we are approaching uh, this fall to the uh, parliamentary elections. All this, uh, the whole parliament worked five years. We are learning, learning about the parliamentary democracy. Everyone who hates this parliament, I think they are wrong. Look, they are learning. This is something different. Uh, this is check and balance, a new form of uh, governance. 
Not one president decides everything in this country, not at all. We have 120 uh, parliamentarians. Immediately, if I've done something wrong, it, it comes to the table of parliament, and uh, it will be open, uh, completely open, all my bad debts. So, and so with this regard, I think uh, we've done a good job with the parliamentary elections, and uh, in uh, uh, October um, uh, 2010, we had the presidential elections. So I have conducted all those three elections, all of them have been recognized by international community. We build up all the branches of the power. Uh, as soon as new president was uh, elected, I passed my power to him. And I want to show that, look, one day such a person like uh, elected president should tuck his valise and go, and go away. Because it is, he doesn't inherit the power. It's not given forever. And he's not genius at all. We should uh, rotate the power. That was, uh, the, that is my message done by me concretely. And uh, as uh, in my post-presidency today, I uh, do. Uh, I have my foundation, uh, foundation initiatives of Rosa Tumbaeva, and uh, I do a lot of work for uh, children, for women in my country. And uh, one of the priorities uh, of my foundation is preschool. Unfortunately, my country is a very young country. 800,000 children we have uh, uh, before the seven years. And so uh, uh, I'm turning my country to the clear point that after three years is uh, late. Uh, we should put all the skills, a lot of knowledge to the children. Uh, in very early uh, age, and uh, this is uh, one of our priorities. Only about 15-17% of children in my country, they go to the uh, kindergartens, and uh, this is uh, something that uh, worries us, that uh, we are losing uh, in the quality of education, we are losing uh, of, uh, of the main our resource, uh, people's resource, so uh, this is uh, uh, important. Uh, we do a lot of uh, for young women also. I have a good program about mentorship. It's very spread around in the West, in Americas, uh, everywhere. In my country, uh, and uh, probably in other countries also surrounding, uh, they forgot about this, uh, about the mentorship. It was very active in the Soviet days also. So mentorship uh, for young women, for girls, uh, uh, which is uh, very important. When I became president, I immediately put forward a lot of women candidates uh, uh, to the high position. And I do believe that uh, it is job for every women uh, leader. Um, the prosecutor general uh, uh, is women in my country still. Uh, one was, now another one is uh, prosecutor general. Chairwomen of uh, uh, Supreme Court is women, and it's not just because I signed this that you would be like that. No, they go after my selection, they go via Parliament, they are approved by Parliament, they are professionals, they still work uh, more than four years. I'm very proud to say about this. We have uh, uh, chairwomen of uh, accounting chamber women, Minister of Finance, Minister of Education, so uh, we have quotas uh, which uh, provides 30% uh, 
uh, for women in Central Electoral Commission, uh, in um, uh, where else? Uh, in some other such of, of, um, uh, positions. So. And 30% uh, men, uh, for, uh, uh, no, women been in the parliament, uh, sort of zebra uh, for, um, in the party list. But unfortunately, as, as soon as women uh, leave the, uh, her seat uh, uh, from the parliament, she replaced by men. And now uh, we, are, uh, we want to put another uh, amendment to law that uh, she should be replaced again by women. And this is life, and uh, you can't uh, uh, for provide uh, recipe for uh, all the uh, cases, and uh, we would do this uh, very soon. And uh, I hope that the new parliament uh, will be again with the 30% of women. And I just came from the Brussels where I met with uh, high officials in the European Union, and I do understand that uh, uh, Mr. Juncker, he has his agenda to make a 40% of women in the European Union uh, Commission, uh, which means, uh, again, great uh, progress, and the uh, United Nations does the same. Uh, Mr. Pangimun uh, told about this many times. Uh, um, World Bank does this. So, I mean, we, we need uh, such uh, uh, concrete uh, steps, concrete uh, actions, and then in many countries it will be, will be done with the same. This year is 20 years of uh, Beijing platforms. We are celebrating 20 years. 15 years of uh, uh, the resolution of Security Council 1325. And uh, it means that, uh, and I, I, by the way, I worked for the uh, UN peacekeeping mission in Georgia, and uh, uh, it was 2002-2004. Uh, and, um, of course, again, uh, Purna was uh, uh, torturing me today that why you and why women and how you have escalated. Women can make a peaceful resolution of many things. Women uh, are patient people, patient person. Women have intuition. Women have something, the seven feeling. Women uh, for, um, can get into the matter without any such uh, of, uh, reaction. Uh, men, uh, men uh, for, uh, they are exposing to each other force, uh, forceful uh, solution and uh, position. And I suppose to listen everyone. I suppose to, in time of fire, uh, to go to the people. Uh, for whose uh, children been shot in front of the White House, to those uh, who have died in uh, inter-ethnic clashes. Uh, thanks God, uh, we have still secular leaders in neighboring countries. And when I talk to President Karimov, uh, who is a secular leader, uh, uh, who uh, respected me, and uh, he said, yes, I'll do this, I'll keep the border closed completely, and you do uh, what you can do in your country. So that was a very decisive uh, step, because if uh, the border will be open, then we'll go plunge into the inter uh, between the countries, in the clash between uh, two countries. So, I mean, he kept his words. 
women uh, generally uh, we, we live in secular uh, situation in sec- secular countries I'm a bit worried that uh, for such a rapid Islamization which is around in uh, all our countries including Russia also it's uh, really a big challenge for all of us I want to see the future of my nation uh, secular, uh, bright, open, uh, open for women, for girls. Uh, I I brought this topic of vision of girls recently on the National Women Forum. Never heard about this, that uh, girls will come uh, to the audience and speak about their concerns, perspectives, uh, vision and so on. Uh, we got it, we had it uh, now at the National Forum, and I would pay a lot of attention to girls. And again, I was uh, the oldest uh, among the um, political uh, leadership who came on April 7. I got a lot of experience, international experience, and uh, you should be recognized internationally also. I don't think that uh, our, my comrades, uh, they thought, oh, Rosa is uh, uh, sort of recognizable uh, international, that's why we should choose her. Uh, it's not a bunch of bandits who came to the power, but uh, they would see that uh, she's, uh, no, no, not because of that, it seems to me. Uh, because I was a leader of opposition um, uh, in uh, Baki's time, in the parliament was vocal, and uh, very uh, such uh, openly criticizing them. And uh, I had my timetable, I had my, uh, uh, my mission to do, and I do, I've done this. I've done because uh, uh, we, my country uh, deserved uh, peaceful life, deserved uh, democratic development, deserved a better future. That was my mission about Uh, we're back on time. How about that? I just want to say a massive thank you to Her Excellency Rosa Archibaeva, who's, I think, given us a fantastic talk tonight and a really great insight into her really incredibly unique, unusual experience from which we can learn a lot. And uh, I thank you for that, Your Excellency, and thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you. Thank you.